Hey, Nate, man, what you got going on today? Oh, man, it's a slow news day, but I think I've got us some pretty cool news here. Oh, that's awesome. What is that, like, funk? Oh, so, okay. So the news we just got, it's actually not really supposed to get out. See, there's this alpha and there's this non-disclosure agreement, and people have been sharing information from it anyway so the good news is we've got some new information for battlefront 2 the bad news is as soon as he told me the lucasfilm implant exploded and his head is now a little bit of everywhere don't worry don't worry we got droids that'll clean it up oh okay um well just as long as it happens before anybody sees this i guess we can hang him up as a scarecrow yeah let's not Enjoy your stay, Cloud City Casino. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, Monkey Cloud. Don't get excited! Welcome, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars and gaming. And I'd like to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast, Among the Clouds. And, of course... I'm Michael Morris, and that other voice you hear is Nathan P. Butler. Hey folks, everything all cleaned up, no more brains on the red arm or anything else. Excellent. So, we've got a like, lopsided news week, I feel like. Yeah, and if by lopsided you mean, you know, barely existing. Um, but it's good though, because it gives us a chance to kind of slow down a little bit, take a look at some stuff that's been mentioned for Battlefront 2, and actually to stop and take a look at some things that seem to be in the works or plaguing some of the game lines that we really don't talk about as much on the show, which is probably something we should we should rectify at some point in the future. But uh, the RPG line for Fantasy Flight games and the LCG, Living Card Game line, uh, have some interesting things going on, or not, as the case may be, that are <laughs> uh, perhaps fodder for discussion for us here. So it's it's a slow week. Short episode, probably, but there is news. Right. So, I mean, I guess let's go ahead and start talking about that uh, with the RPG. So, once again, there's not much going on. Basically, yes. Um, And this is something that's been concerning to me for a while. And apparently what is happening is that as Fantasy Flight is spending a lot of its time really focusing on its biggest moneymakers, seemingly, which would be Destiny, and I would assume X-Wing and whatnot, and then Imperial Assault, the RPG is pretty much being given short shrift. It's sort of fading away. Uh, You may recall, folks out there who may not be as familiar with this, that there are sort of three prongs to their approach to the RPG, with one other one that's kind of a side note. The side note being a beginner game based on The Force Awakens, but there's not an actual RPG line built off that. It's just the beginner game. But then you have Edge of the Empire that's sort of about the fringes, the smugglers, the bounty hunters, and that sort of thing. You have Age of Rebellion that's about the actual conflict between the Rebellion and the Empire, so it's very military-based, relatively speaking. And then you have Force and Destiny, which is about the different Force traditions, Jedi, um, trying to become a Jedi in the galaxy uh, uh, shortly after the Battle of Yavin and all that kind of stuff. And they've been around for a while. I've been actually reviewing each of them as they come out on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash chronoradio. But I haven't gotten to the last couple of these these big 
uh, adventure supplements. And my thought was, uh-oh, I need to hurry or I'm going to get buried. So I start looking to see, okay, what all's coming? What do I need to be on the lookout for? What do I need to pre-order? And it turns out the answer is not much. For Edge of the Empire, there is currently nothing, nothing on the drawing board, it seems. If you look at the upcoming listing over at Fantasy Flight Games, there is nothing listed even as in development for Edge of the Empire. All their announced stuff is out and has been for a while. There is nothing out on pre-order at the moment. Edge of the Empire seems to be, at least at the moment, at a dead stop. Unless they just got a lot of stuff in the works that aren't even in the in-development phase to put on their website, it seems like Edge of the Empire is stagnating. Right. Then you've got Age of Rebellion. Age of Rebellion hasn't had one in a little while also. Nothing right there out there for pre-order. Everything that has been announced except for one thing has already been released. And the one other thing is a rule supplement called Fully Operational. Uh, which they announced back in March. It's a source book for engineers, and it is still listed at this point as in development on the website. So it's nowhere near even like on the boat or anything like that. It's, it's still quite a ways off. And then you have Force and Destiny. And Force and Destiny relatively recently released uh, Disciples of Harmony. But I believe even before Disciples of Harmony was even announced, they had announced Ghosts of Dathomir, which is an adventure. And Ghosts of Dathomir still isn't out. It continuously seems to be being delayed, but it is the only thing that has been announced that is still out there that we're waiting on for Force and Destiny. Everything else they've announced is out. And on the one hand, I guess that's kind of a good thing because, hey, you know, uh, we're not sitting around waiting for stuff that's not out. It's all in our hot little hands. But when everything's in our hands except for one Age of Rebellion item in, rebe in uh, development and one Force and Destiny item that's constantly been delayed that is supposedly still coming, I think it says it's on the boat now, um, and nothing for Edge of the Empire at all, that I think is kind of a worrisome thing because it begs the question of where these product lines are going if they're continuing at all and what's the next step. We've heard nothing about them losing the RPG license or anything. But it's like their Star Wars RPGs are grinding to a near halt. Um, we've mentioned this before. We just haven't gone quite as in-depth with it. Have you heard anything? Do you have any sense of what you might think is going on? Is this something that we should be worried about if we're fans of the RPG, seeing nothing listed as on the horizon officially? So I haven't heard anything. Um, I can check with a couple of sources, see if I can figure something out. But I haven't heard much about it. And quite honestly, it's not even really been on my mind. Um, I just, I sort of wonder if the there's not enough interest in the product for them to focus on it, you know? Um, I mean, that's sucks and all but i mean that that just very well may be the case i know that there's other you know where stuff like this gets forgotten about but you have other games that are just so hot that you know they just continue to do them and then i think the the card game you know the card game is the one that's not really that popular uh it like in the grand scheme of things when when you're like referring to you know, for instance, um, like X-Wing or, or Destiny, but, you know, it's, they continue to put stuff out 
fairly regularly, you know, if not every month, like every, you know, between once a month to once every three months, there's a new pack. I don't know if that has to do with just the, the ease of, uh, creating new content for it versus, um, you know, the, everything that would go into making a, an RPG book, but I don't know. It's, you know, it's strange. It's something that I would really like to, to know more on, but I don't have a clue. <laughs> Well, it's interesting, and we're going to talk about the LCG here in a moment, but it just, it's, I don't know, it, it's concerning, I guess, to me, just because we're not seeing anything for it. Although it does open up the possibility, if this is a production side thing, of perhaps getting some more print runs on some things that are out of stock or that have been out of print for a while. Because one of the things I'm noticing lately, for some reason, all of a sudden, there's a lot of interest in these RPGs when it comes to the reviews that I have on the YouTube channel that I mentioned because I'm getting these comments from people and the vast majority of the comments are this is cool I want to pick up this book where can I get it right and unfortunately most of the time they're commenting on reviews of books that I did two years ago when they when that particular book first came out and the only thing I can answer is try your luck with eBay because at this point some of the more sought-after books whether it's forged in battle whether it's Lords of Nalhutta these are these books that were big at the time that people scooped up that apparently had a limited enough print run that now they're virtually impossible to find. Where in a lot of cases they're either being sold online for extremely jacked up prices or you can't even find them for sale online anywhere. And it becomes a matter of just keeping an eye on eBay and hoping um, or checking actual physical game stores that don't have an online presence with their inventory. So maybe you'll find something on their shelves that you wouldn't necessarily find online because of so many people trying to acquire these, whereas maybe not as many people going into that specific store to get them. It's it's bizarre. I mean, it's a fantastic role-playing game system, but I would imagine, you know, to, to your point, maybe it's just that these take a lot more to develop um, from an information standpoint, a game mechanic standpoint, just a writing and production standpoint, especially since they're all hardback, every one of them, um, that... You know, maybe it's just it's it's not as feasible to put out something like this than it is for, say, the LCG or even uh, a miniatures game. Though I would imagine the miniatures game, being able to get the miniatures to look just right in the first place before mass production, I would imagine, is a pretty difficult process, surely on par with something like publishing, you know, a hundred page guide in hardback. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I don't know. I don't, what, what do you, what do you got about card news? <laughs> There's a transition there for you. So, uh, what about them cards? So it was kind of the same thing or feeling the same way with the Star Wars LCG. That is Star Wars, the card game, the living card game for those who aren't familiar with it from Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, this is the game that basically you have your core set and a few large expansions and otherwise they put out their expansions through what are called cycles of so-called force packs, which are uh, several objective sets, usually about five or six, um, combined into one package. Um, but the idea is that they all are sort of thematic for one particular cycle. There's usually about six of them. And then the idea is, unlike a traditional trading card game, that when you purchase a force pack or a deluxe expansion or the starter game, whatever, there's no element of randomness thrown into the mix. It's not like I'm buying a pack of cards that says I get 60 cards, but I have no idea what's in it, 
or even 60 cards for a certain faction, but I don't know what's in it. You actually have the exact same cards in every single copy of that same product being released. You know exactly what you're getting every single time. It's more strategic in terms of what to buy rather than sheer luck of picking up booster packs and whatnot. And it seemed as though things had sort of quieted on that front, but they have uh, in recent weeks finally gone through and given us some information. I guess it started back uh, last month, uh, giving us some information on the next cycle for the card game. And what we have is a cycle known as uh, the Alliances cycle. And it starts out with a pack called Allies of Necessity. Then you have one called Aggressive Negotiations and then another force pack called Desperate Circumstances. So we know basically the first half in terms of what at least the force packs are going to be called. And there's a couple things interesting about this. One is that the idea is that there are six factions in the game, right? You've got um, the Rebel Alliance, you've got the Jedi Order, you've got Smugglers and Spies, and then for the Dark Side, you've got the Sith, the Imperial Navy, and Scum and Villainy. And then you've got sometimes neutral objective sets, that is an objective and then five cards to go with it. Um, some neutral objective sets then that go for your particular side, uh, light or dark, but not particularly for one particular faction. And each time they've done a new cycle, they've added a few little nuances in here as far as new mechanics. And this time, what they're trying to do is trying to convince people or uh, uh, encourage people to play with more than one faction. So not an almost all Jedi deck or an almost all Sith deck. To sort of spread it out a little bit by having a lot of cards that have abilities that basically play off the number of different factions that you have. So it may be something where it says, you know, um, uh, you get this much extra whatever based on the number of factions um, that you have in play, the number of different types that you have in play. Um, and it's something that goes for both sides, of course, otherwise it wouldn't make sense. Um, it has, for instance, instances where you are sacrificing a card to be able to do something or sacrificing a unit to do something, but what you're sacrificing is from any faction other than the one of the card that's letting you do the sacrificing. So you sort of have to change things up and have yourself some decks that are going to have more than one faction in it, preferably all three to really get the most bang for your buck, so to speak. Uh, what's also interesting about this, though, is they are changing up the affiliation cards. In general, on one of these games, when you're playing, you would have an affiliation card, and basically what it does is it just kind of sits out there it reminds you of the six different phases of the turn. It tells what your main faction is, which should be the main faction you've got in your deck, usually, uh, because it then also gives you one resource specific to that faction type. And whenever you deploy something, yes, it does make a difference whether your resources are neutral or come from a specific faction. Um, but they're relatively benign, right? Everybody's got them. You stick it out there, gives you one for your particular affiliation. So like a Jedi affiliation card just has one Jedi resource and it reminds you of the sequence of turns. No big deal. Now what they're doing, though, is they're introducing specific new faction cards, uh, new affiliation cards. So now there's going to be two for each affiliation, so 12 total um, that you'll be getting actually in that very first pack um, for this one, the Allies of Necessity. And for example, you have a Scum and Villainy one that still just gives you one Scum and Villainy resource, but it's Scum and Villainy Promise of Power. And 
aside from giving you that one, it's going to have something that it does to actually help you, but it's also going to have some conditions on your deck building. So this one says, your objective deck must contain exactly five scum and villainy objectives and exactly five Sith and or neutral objectives. And then the reaction is, after you refresh, remove one focus token from a target unit you control. And your starting reserve is six. So you've got some benefit, but it's dictating to you basically how you need to construct your deck when you go into playing the game in the first place. Um, and that, I think, is kind of cool. It's a way of sort of changing up the game. It's almost like having an alternate game style uh, or a game tournament type when it comes to how you set up to be able to play. And then the rest of it plays out the same. Um, but kind of neat that they're doing this through those as opposed to doing it through objectives uh, or mission cards or something like that. Here's an instance in which you can sort of decide a situation at the beginning, put that out there for your uh, your side, and then use that advantage, but also be restrained by it throughout the entire game that you're playing. So uh, one of the more interesting new mechanics to be introduced um, alongside the whole, we are going to do things to try to encourage multiple factions. And I would hope that they're going to do that a little more consistently. Some of the recent force pack cycles that we've seen will introduce something like they'll introduce the mission concept, which is very similar to an objective Right. Except not every pack will have even a single mission card in it anywhere. Um, where they're sort of focusing on what do, does each objective set need to do in and of itself and its own game mechanics rather than making sure that everything in a cycle actually demonstrates the new mechanics brought in specifically for that cycle. It gives you a rules supplement with new rules that apply to none of the cards that you actually just bought. Um, so hopefully they'll be using it a little bit more consistently this time. Um, but a very cool way of changing up the usually boring affiliation card mechanic for Star Wars the card game. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, that's cool. We'll have to just keep an eye on that and see how it plays out. One of these days we're just going to have to sit down and I'm going to have to kind of talk you through it. We can play some LCG so that we can talk about it more on the show. I actually like the LCG. I think mm -hmm. it's... It's a pretty fun game, but holy crap, it's sometimes a little bit difficult to uh, decide what to play with unless you have, you know, kind of a pre-constructed list of what you want to have in your uh, in your decks. I mean, we're, we're talking about there's already 260 or so objective sets right. available for the game through all of us. That's not even including the multiplayer thing um, released a while back. So a little bit of uh, picking and choosing. I have two gigantic binders full of of these cards and their little rule supplements all nicely uh, uh, tucked away. So we have that, and of course we have what's going on with the RPG. Um, for what it's worth, uh, the first of those for the uh, LCG, Allies of Necessity, most places do have that up for pre-order right now, even if they don't have up the other two so far. Um, but that is all that's been announced so far. No new deluxe expansions on the way as far as we know for the card game. Um, but I guess that brings us to, as we're again, kind of plowing through this kind of slow news week, that brings us to the Battlefront 2 stuff that ended up with brains on the floor. Yeah. Uh, so this was actually released today um, through, uh, I found the article on Destructoid. And basically through um, data mining of the alpha, they found out... Um, I don't know if it's all of, but at least several different heroes that are going to be in the uh, in the uh, in the game. 
That's right. That's right. And they've discovered... That's right. Apparently, um, at least according to some of these people who are playing the alpha, and understand, when you're playing a beta, sometimes there's a non-disclosure agreement where you can't talk about it. Sometimes there's not. Um, for instance, in this case, there will be a Battlefront 2 beta later, uh, and those who pre-ordered will be able to jump into it, and that will be just an open thing. Talk about it all you want. Um, but the alpha, an earlier state of the game that's being played right now, is under a non-disclosure agreement, or NDA. And yet, yeah, not only is information starting to leak out, there are people who have data mined this thing to find out more. Um, but there's two main things, the one being the, the heroes, and this may not be a full list, as Michael said, but we have at least Boba Fett, Han Solo, Leia, Luke, Bosk, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine, General Grievous, uh, Aiden Versio, who of course is the main character of the uh, story mode, the campaign mode, Kylo Ren, Lando, Maul, Phasma, Rey, and Yoda. So, not really a whole lot of new characters beyond what we, it seems like what we already knew or that we already saw in the previous game. Um, but it is kind of cool to see, you know, that General Grievous is going to be in it. But otherwise, I don't feel like there was a lot of surprise here, except maybe the fact that Aiden isn't going to be locked into just being a character for the campaign. She will be available as a hero character, presumably within multiplayer. Right. Have we seen anything of Yoda, though? We haven't seen anything of Yoda. I think we've seen... Um, some kind of bonus about Yoda, though. So we knew Yoda okay. was going to be in it somewhere. Right. And then, so in the the last Battlefront game that came out a couple years ago, Boba Fett, Han Solo, Leia, Luke, Bosk, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, Emperor, uh, Lando, and it looks like that's it. All of them were previously in it. So the, the newer characters are Yoda, Rey, Phasma, Maul, Kylo Ren, Aiden Versio, General Grievous... And That's it. And looks like yeah. So I mean, it's it's looking like half uh, of the list is is new that wasn't available previously. And then, like you said, some of the stuff like Maul was the the big reveal for sure. Uh, and then previously we we had gotten Ray and Kylo that they they did show something for that. So, um, you know, uh, Yoda I think is really cool, but Grievous is the one that I've heard. You know, even before this, because obviously this, I mean, as we're reading this right now, I think it said that it was like maybe three or four hours ago this article came out. So, but prior to that, I know a lot of people were really wanting Grievous in this game. So I think that's going to get a lot of people excited. Nice, nice. And and hopefully he has not just a win animation, but a lose animation where he goes and cries like the little mustache twirling little biatch he is. Or his because, heart just explodes. Because then, then he would be true to his Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith counterpart, as opposed to the Gindy Tartakovsky series, whereas he was just, right. just such a such a terrible, such a terrible villain. I loved him in the Gindy Tartakovsky series, but by God, they they deballed that character. Yeah. Um, I don't, all right. I don't um, think he was as bad in the uh, the Clone Wars. I think they did give him a little bit. Like I, I think they kind of found a balance between the two. His greatest victory was taking down Captain Tarpals. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm. But I mean, if you're if you're wanting to, you know, build up 
those characters like I, you know they they didn't make it like Tarples was Jar Jar or anything you know they actually tried to make him look like a, a formidable uh, uh, opponent so I eh, I mean he had his moments I feel like uh, through the show and he I think they did him more as um, uh, impatient rather than you know the mustache twirling. I don't know. He just—he just. I remember seeing him in the in the early comics that they put out around the time uh, leading up to Revenge of the Sith, and I remember seeing him in the uh, uh, what you call it in uh, the Tartakovsky uh, the Tartakovsky series, right. and in those cases it was like, oh my god, he is this incredible horror! Everybody run! He's gonna kill you all, right? And now right. it's it's more like, oh look, it's grievous. Just walk away quickly; it'll be okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, now this is the other thing though that they that the data mining has found, and this is something that was somewhat hinted at in some screenshots we got recently. And I think this is probably the thing that actually bodes more, you know, questionably for the game than the list of heroes, because we knew there were going to be an expanded roster of heroes. It's not a big shock that the main characters are going to be back, and it tends to be ones that overlap quite a bit with the previous game, and we get the pre-order things we know for Rey and Kylo, so of course we know blah, 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 right? Um, it just kind of is what it is. But they are taking an approach for gear that it, and star cards in some cases that is similar to what's being done, although it doesn't seem like it's on that scale yet that we've seen, as what they're doing for Injustice 2, the sequel to Injustice Gods Among Us, which is loot crates. Woo! And as a bonus for crate. logging in each day, you get a loot crate. And you can open up your loot crate and get random stuff. And this raises a huge question of what kind of stuff is going to be in those loot crates and is... Is it going to be something where these loot crates are only available through in-game currency? Or is it going to be microtransaction-driven where you can spend real money on it? Or is it possibly both? Um, because that then, again, brings up this whole concern of pay-to-win. Like with Injustice 2, um, there are different things that you can unlock as loot. Um, different things uh, within character skins and whatnot and, and pieces and whatnot that you can unlock with different uh, currencies. And some of those currencies, at least, can be purchased with real money, particularly the ones for, like, the alternate costumes and whatnot. But as you build up your loot, you get better armor with all kinds of different abilities, and they actually had to have a separate mode in the online multiplayer where it turns off any of that stuff so that you can have actual tournament-worthy fighting. Um, because that is something they were promoting for Injustice 2, was the tournament stuff, and it certainly imbalances it quite a bit when you're dealing with the gear. Um, so it kind of makes me sit back and wonder what kind of stuff is going to be in here, and is it going to be like Injustice, where the bulk of it is stuff that you're going to be able to get just through gameplay, and it's currencies and such, and points and whatnot that you build up just by playing quite a bit? Or is there going to be an aspect in which the currencies you need for better gear... Whether you can buy the gear outright or just buy the crates for them will involve real money because that certainly then begs the question of whether or not it is a pay-to-win model that they're leaning towards. And this is not the type of game where you would necessarily expect there to be a, well, here's a pure shooter game mode 
without any of your gear being available. That doesn't seem like an approach they would likely take with this the way they took with something like a fighting game like Injustice 2. Um, so interesting to see how they plan. I hope we get more information about it soon. But the loot crate thing has you both going, well, that's kind of interesting. It introduces an element of randomness to, to sort of inspire you to keep playing. But then also the warning, 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 pay to win may be on the horizon. So do you want, do you want my uh, prediction? Go for it. I, now, is this the same? What's up? You cut out. Buddy. Sorry. Sorry, I cut out. Now, is this the same type of prediction as, oh, I bet they're going to screw that up that you walked into the panel with, or is it the more optimistic type of prediction that you've had more recently with Battlefront 2? You decide. So I say monthly subscription, and inside the loot crate, you can get uh, a pair of Batman socks, um, a Ghostbusters keychain, Transformers comic, a Voltron t-shirt, and a He-Man retro action figure. That, my friend, is not the kind of loot crate we are referring to. Well, that's kind of loot crate I wish we were referring to. Yeah, yeah, physical goodies. Yeah, because then also they'd probably, like, pay us sponsorship money and stuff. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, you try, you try. Right, right. So, but, eh, you know, nope, that's not the... <laughs> We don't have we don't have a sponsor, so that's not the right kind of loot crate. Um, you know, you should, you should totally go out and buy a Saga on home video though. I already have that. Damn. Okay, then yeah, yeah, you need a loot crate. <laughs> um, which is terrible because I don't know how to read. You need to do an audible. Hmm, an audible of a book with a bunch of pictures in it. And a lot of technical stuff. I, I maybe sure. Why no, no. I, I mean, hey, you you won't know unless you try. No. Okay. So yeah, I mean, as far as this goes, we don't have much information. Obviously, uh, that's the way it kind of goes with data mine. Is they're like, oh look, we sort of found this hard code. This is what we're interpreting this to mean. Uh, sometimes it's very obvious. Sometimes it's not quite as much. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see kind of what that consists of. And I want to say that something I heard was that, you know, a lot of the pay options were for things that you could get anyway. So possibly it's going to be a situation of you can get them, but you can pay for more Um you know, you can buy more loot crates yourself, and I mean that's fine. Whatever, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that if that's the case. I'll what I can get, you know, uh, through game, in-game rewards or whatever. That's what I'll go with. But um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go buy anymore unless like I can find some way to, or you know, not so much way, but like um, reason to say, you know what, I feel like. I'm getting a lot more out of this game than what um, you know what what I put into it uh, monetarily. So, eh, I'll I'll go buy like a couple crates just to see what this is about, and then um, you know there you go. I, that that was my that's my charity for the month. Now, I guess there is one other thing that we can talk about for this slow news week episode, but it's all rumor, it's all conjecture. 
So there's sort of that level of, well, should we talk about it or not? And that is some of the information that's coming out right now about Visceral's Star Wars game, the game that has no name, the game uh, codenamed Project Ragtag, that we really haven't heard much about because um, at Celebration and at E3, they were talking about how, you know, this is Battlefront 2's year. So we're not really getting much. But we're seeing through places like MakingStarWars.net and other places that are digging based on those reports that apparently we're dealing with um, a couple of protagonists. We've got Dodger, whether it's a code name or the actual character's name, uh, who is the main character, apparently a male. Uh, we have a character named Robbie or Roby Mattox, M-A-T-T-O-X, uh, who appears like it's sort of a, a companion character, a female character, a gunslinger type of individual um, who will wind up being at odds, apparently, with uh, the droid Doc, which is a field medic droid for Dodger, that apparently uh, comes back to her having some kind of issues with droids in general. And uh, what we're hearing is that Natalie Morales um, will be playing the uh, voice of or the motion capture, probably both, um, of this character of Robbie. This is an actress. Uh, I, I didn't recognize the name offhand. Yeah, I don't but who's apparently been in like Grinder and Parks and Recreation as ComicBook.com reports, um, and that apparently she's possibly being geared up as a potential spinoff lead character, kind of like what they're doing right now with the Uncharted series, where they've got their their uh, Vita game and the four core games, and now they've got Lost Legacy that is picking up with uh, women as the leads who were secondary characters or co-stars in uh, some of the previous games. Um, but, it, but it's interesting. I mean, we're getting a little bit of detail about it. This, this sort of, there's a crime family involved kind of thing. Um, it, it definitely has the feel in some respects of seemingly what they were talking about with 1313 13 before it became thinking. a Boba Fett kind yep. of game. That's exactly what I was thinking. This sounds very reminiscent of that original 1313 idea. And they are saying that at least in some of the information that has been provided through these leaks, these rumors that may or may not be true, that um, this female character was an orphan who grew up where? 1313. Well, I mean, I I've said it all along that they really should just make 1313, you know? Um, I mean, obviously, we have some of the, the parts. I think they should use the parts that, that we knew, which were, you know, it needed to take place um, somewhat or, or mostly in 1313. It should have some ties there. Uh, it should be the uh, Uncharted in space, which is kind of what we heard it was going to be. Didn't say it right. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll defer to you. It's Uncharted in space. There you go. Uh, so, you know, I uh, I think that with all of this, they might as well just do that because at the end of the day, we didn't have enough to go on to say, well, this isn't the 1313 that we were promised. Um. So as long as you call it 1313, then 
you're you're good to go in my opinion you know i mean you can go oh look we delivered because that's been one of the big things they're like oh i can't believe they canceled it it was gonna be so great and i'm like you don't even know what it was and at this point you're like oh look no they brought it back there you go you got what you wanted so that's just that's my very strong opinion on it um I don't, uh, they can listen to me or they can not, but I'm right. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. I just think that, um, uh, it, it's sounding intriguing. I mean, we've got also some information that suggests that Dodger is because he was a draft Dodger basically, um, to, to play on Vietnam motifs. Um, but a guy who basically was Alderanian didn't want to serve in the empire. And then, uh, when Alderaan gets destroyed, He's on a wanted list, essentially, um, that apparently was somewhat based on uh, the concept of sort of like the Alderanian diaspora from the Princess Leia comics. You know, the that's not Leia comics because Leia's nothing like herself. Um, God, that was a bad comic. Um, <laughs> but that essentially, he would be on the run because of his affiliation with Alderaan, his lack of, of involvement with the Empire that already kind of has him in their sights. And then he winds up working for Jabba the Hutt. Um and winds up finding out more about the Empire and um, and whatnot. So it's an interesting concept. It's And they're saying that this is going to be a story thanks to Henning being involved. Um, uh, and, oh, what was, what was the other person's name? It was uh, Amy Hennig and uh, Todd Stashwick is the other person um, who like are going to be name. co-writing this game that we're going to be getting – something that supposedly is sort of more cinematic in quality, which to me screams like the Force Unleashed one. Something where we have a full story and something where it's done in a more cinematic way that just happens to focus on your character um, rather than multiple characters throughout the galaxy, but but really feels like a cinematic experience. It, that's the kind of game I'm looking for, but of course we're also theoretically going to get something very similar to that um, with a story mode for... Battlefront 2, albeit with a different, uh, vastly different storyline. All right. Well, I guess uh, TBD? Or TBC. Is it to be continued or to be determined? To be determined. Then, yeah, TBD. Like the TBD things uh, from, was it Clone Wars or Rebels? I guess it was Clone Wars where they had the TBDs that were literally named that because of TBD. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't have anything else, man. I know this is a super short episode, but um, it is what it is. Yep, we can't discuss the news if there isn't a lot of news to discuss. But uh, I guess it's better than having a bunch of bad news of things getting canceled or being screwed up somehow. Well, or controversy. True, but I mean, we have to have anything to be canceled true <laughs> it's everything that could have been canceled already has been so so you're looking at the rpg and just going ah, such a shame such a shame <laughs> yeah so uh talk about uh all the places people can find you and that book that you love to go on and on about well you can find me of course also on star wars beyond the films with mark herleman where we talk about star wars canon and legend stories and whatnot You'll find that on StarWarsReport.com right alongside Cloud City Casino. You can find my Star Wars Timeline Gold, the most comprehensive Star Wars chronology available anywhere at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash timeline. A new edition of that is coming out uh, around October 17th. It's 20th anniversary, so I'm hard at work on that. Uh, 
Uh, you, of course, can find the YouTube channel I mentioned before, youtube.com slash chronoradio, fantasy flight games, reviews, uh, PlayStation VR, Let's Play type things. Um, uh, lots of Star Wars content from the Star Wars Home Video Library, the Voice of Reason or Lack Thereof vlog. Uh, and, of course, my newest release, uh, or, and that I'm most proud of, the book, A Saga on Home Video, A Fan's Guide to U.S. Star Wars Home Video Releases, which you can find now on Amazon in pretty much any region that Amazon serves now. So lots and lots of fun places, and most of those have associated Facebook places. Gotcha. So uh, I can just be found on Twitter or Instagram at Morris Isley. And I actually uh, just posted up a couple of pictures of some of the stuff I've been doing in the toy room. I have hung my TIE Fighter. It's the, uh, the big uh, six-inch Black Series TIE Fighter. and uh, Or six-inch scale, I guess you should say, because it's way bigger than six inches. But uh, hung that up in the toy room and looks awesome. And then uh, I have the Hot Toys Ray figure that came with all the cool little scavenger parts and I figured out wait a minute so because Hot Toys does such a great job with their face sculpts I'm like well I don't want to cover that up uh, but the Disney store has their it's actually closer to 10 inches it's a little bit shorter but anyhow they have their uh, Ray doll that it's pretty good the face isn't that great on it though and I'm like well it's on sale for 12 bucks, so I'll just pick that up and then throw all her scavenger gear on that. Uh, and even the, the hands, I, were, I was able to swap the hands over because you get like 30 hands with the, the Hot Toys figures. Uh, and I just used the, uh, the extra joints and they popped right into the, uh, the Disney Store version. So I've got that loaded up with all the, uh, the Hot Toys accessories and you can check all that out over on uh, Instagram. Uh, that but- is a lot. Of Han Solo figures, thirty hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I don't know what it is, but they they load them up with every action figure you get. I guess I guess Han doesn't sell well. He's taken a plunge, so to speak. <laughs> Too soon, uh, but. Our show can be found, of course, like uh, Nathan said earlier, over on StarWarsReport.com. We are also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the Star Wars Podcast app over in the Google Play Store. Uh, And go ahead and leave us a review, please. I know that's a pain, but because of the analytics and blah, 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 their little formulas or whatever, that's pretty much the only way that people can find us. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure anybody even listens these days anyway, so you should uh, help us out there and and leave one of those reviews. Or you can let us know that, yes, I still listen to the show. You're terrible, but I listen. Or, you know, whatever you want to say. Just by shooting us an email at uh, cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. Or uh, you can tweet us or reach the the Facebook page, which are also just cloudcitycasino on the uh, appropriate places. So that's all I got, uh, except for that little saying that we always do, never forget. Let the Wookiee win. Especially if he's had a long day and he keeps saying that he sucks. We, we need to get the Wookiee some, uh, some therapy, but, but no, that's not projecting anything.
thought you were going to say, uh, so he doesn't like break his NDA and head explode. No, no. Sometimes it's okay for the Wookiee to do that because that's the only way to beat him. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> you're like, like, oh God, I'm losing. Hey, how about that Battlefront 2? Boom. I win. I win. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, but kind of funny. And true. Yep. All right, cool. All right, buddy. Well, it was a short one, but that's what she said. No, uh, <laughs> you said you said it. No, it's 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 six inches. It must be much bigger than six inches. Like almost through a that's what somebody said <laughs> thing. But I was like, nope. You should have. I'm not going to. You should have. I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be adult mostly. If if it would have been me, if I would have thought of it, I'd have dropped it. Just just throwing that out there. I would oh, not have let was, that. I was trying to be nice. Uh, I would never have let that go. <laughs> <laughs> this party's over.